0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Beyond Friends, a podcast through her eyes. We're your hosts, Sunny and Mainzi, and we're delighted to have you join us today. If it's your first time listening to us, we're happy to have you here. And if you've been here before, welcome back. So um, it's been about two-ish months, right Mainzi, since Mm -hmm. you've left Minnesota? Yeah, it's actually two full months since yesterday. Nice. So um, in case you don't know, um, because I don't think we posted on our Beyond Friends Instagram or Facebook, but Maisie is no longer in Minnesota because she's in grad school. Well, she's been in grad school, but she she officially moved to Seattle um, for her last year of grad school. Or maybe last year and a half. Mm-hmm. So um I was just like, wh- wh- what was that word? Like when people are doing it, but you're just watching it. It's like a it's like a three letter term. FOB? No, S Fob. No. <laughs> Do you know that word? FOMO? Yeah, I was having <laughs> uh, four letter words. Yeah, <laughs> FOMO. <laughs> I was having FOMO when I was watching you and like our other friends, like Instagram story. You know it was like because if you didn't know, right, like I was supposed to go yeah. on a trip with you, yeah. but then I was starting my new job. Yeah. yeah. How was it?
1: It was good. I think in terms of like logistic stuff, it went pretty smoothly, like the travel from Minnesota to here in Washington. It went well. I drove my own car, my cannery, and I fit whatever I could in there. And so I, I really came to start a, a new humble life here. <laughs> and then... um yeah and then my brother and two of our friends helped me so total was four of us travelers and we went through North Dakota Montana Idaho and then Washington so mm-hmm. it was like a long trip but it honestly didn't feel quite as bad as I thought it would but what what was the most difficult for me was like the emotional factor of
0: moving that yes. was the hardest part what do you mean by that? Like, yeah, the emotional factor. Because I remember seeing your sister's, uh, one of your younger sister's Facebook posts. And mm-hmm. I thought you were getting married, even though I know you were leaving. <laughs> I was like, oh, that photo, like she just she's got off to get married. Because it was like a very typical photo <laughs> yeah. I see in all Hmong marriages.
1: <laughs> I know. Dude, I saw that photo. I was like, damn, I look like I'm getting hitched or something. But uh, no, it was really hard. I think like even before moving, something that I. Like, I realized once I got here is that when I was applying for grad school and looking for schools, and I had like looked for schools out of state, I was in a different place than where I was when I was making the move. Mm -hmm. So I started looking, I started applying for grad schools in 2019. Yeah, Mm -hmm. fall of 2019. That's when I was applying and looking for grad schools. And in that moment, I was like in a very, I kind of felt like stuck in my job mm-hmm. um that I was working at, where we graduated from. And then I was like really excited to like start something new. And also that was pre-pandemic, too. And so it kind of felt like the options were, more open and like, you know, like there's a little more freedom in terms of what was happening. And then um yeah, with just like me feeling stuck in my career and not really knowing what to do, grad school was a really exciting transitional moment for me because I was like, you know what, why not use this moment to use it as an excuse to move out of state? And so that's why I did end up applying for some schools out of state too, which is like something that a lot of people ask me, it's like, why do I choose to go out of state? Or like why did I choose school? In Minnesota and stuff, that but like
0: your mom, I'm sorry, that's like OG,
1: yeah, she's the one who asked me the most. She's always like, There's so many schools here, you just want to leave, and that's why you're leaving. <laughs> because if you wanted to, you would. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, like two years ago, pre-pandemic, I was in a very different spot. But here comes the pandemic. I don't get to move, which was really stressful because now I'm like, ding. If schools is going to be virtual anyways. There's no point in me moving yet because I'd rather just keep working and save up money or else... Well, I didn't keep working because I ended up quitting my job anyways, but basically a lot of stuff happened in between from when I got, when I chose school to once I was moving. And um, yeah, once it was time to leave, like I had spent so much more time with my family and at home and I grew like so much more attached to them. So the move out was even more difficult than what I anticipated it to be, and so it had me questioning my life decisions, and it had me questioning, like, "Damn, is this really the right step for me? And is this really what I want to even do anymore?"
0: Were all those thoughts running through your head during the drive, during the road trip?
1: Oh, yeah! Like, <laughs> even <laughs> man, it was so such an emotional like month for me, Sunny. So, I, mean, I cried so much, and um, even the before, first or even now 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 I still cry but it's not like it's definitely a little more manageable than once I first got here but like that week before I was leaving um it was already kind of difficult and I noticed I was like procrastinating on packing and moving which in general I tend to do that anyways because I hate anything to- that deals with laundry and packing clothes and stuff like that. But um, yeah, that week I noticed that I was like kind of procrastinating. And then the night before I was leaving, I actually, um, because the two friends that were helping us move or helping me move, they were sleeping over. And so they were sleeping in my room. So I want to go sleep with my little sisters in their room. Mm-hmm. And I was like crying myself to sleep that night because I was just thinking like, dang, I'm so sad. Like I don't want to leave. And I was sleeping next to my youngest sister. And I was just thinking about how, oh my gosh, like I used to sleep with her when she was like so little. And before my mom would get home from work, like I would owe her love, which means to like just kind of be emotional support to her as she falls asleep. And then once my mom got home, like I would go sleep at my bed. And so I was just kind of like feeling nostalgic, even though I was still with them. And I I was like missing everyone already, even though I hadn't moved yet. And so that morning that I left, I was like, most of my siblings, they woke up to say goodbye to me. And then um, my youngest sister, she didn't wake up. And so I went upstairs to go say bye to her. And then that's when the waterworks came because she was like not waking up at first. And I was just like, dang, I know she I know she feels me like tugging her and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so like she just wasn't like waking up to say bye. And I was like, oh, like I Do don't think
0: know. she she like didn't want to. Like confront her emotions or she yeah, was like really I kind of felt like asleep. that oh, okay
1: yeah I did kind of feel like that like I felt like she was kind of like not ready to say goodbye yet and so eventually she woke up and like she was um she was just like saying bye but then even before she woke up I had started crying already because I was thinking <laughs> about all of that I was like, Dang, I'm gonna have to say goodbye to all them and then my two other little sisters they're just like kind of laughing and recording us in the back But they were also crying once I started crying. And then like the four of us were just hugging each other. And I was just kind of like, you know, telling them that like, don't worry, I'll be back home. And, you know, telling them that I'm here for them and everything that they can still always call me and whatever. And then um, I went downstairs and I was like saying bye to my mom. And I cried even harder. And I was just hugging her. And like, I didn't want to like, let go and say bye and my mom was just like my mom surprisingly did not cry and um i thought that she would cry but she surprisingly didn't cry because when i was hugging her and crying her she was just telling me like she was comforting me and she's just telling me like don't cry it's okay like you're not even gonna be gone for a long time and you're just going for school it's not even like you're going uh forever and like you're, it's not like you're going to get married basically. And little stuff. does she know, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> um. So yeah, she's just seeing like if I keep crying, it makes it harder for her to let me go because she already didn't want me to go, and so um. Yeah, that's why. That's why my little sister posted those pictures that looked like I was
0: getting married. <laughs> Yeah, you're crying a lot, but based on your Instagram stories, it didn't seem like you're crying. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I couldn't tell. It was just mountains that I was seeing. So. <laughs> True. Yeah. But did you cry on the trip or like when you land in Seattle? Mm-hmm.
1: I did. I think like it was such an interesting experience because since I was traveling with other people, I sometimes it kind of felt like it was just a road trip. Like mm-hmm. it kind of felt like a group of friends just going to explore half of the country together you know and since I was with them I kind of felt like yeah it was comforting in the sense where I knew I had people traveling with me and making a move with me but at the same time it also made me feel so lonely and sad because I knew that one by one like they would leave and like I wouldn't get to like they're not gonna stay with me once we got to Seattle you know And so I was really sad. And like the moment we left my house, actually, I was just sitting in the car and it felt like an outer body experience because I was literally just staring out the the window and it was still dark because we left at like five in the morning. And then I was just like sitting there in my head processing like, wow, this is really it. Like I'm leaving. And... I don't know. I just couldn't process everything. And we even had to like make a U-turn back home because um, I
0: forgot why. But but in that whole moment, I was just like, damn, this is really happening. And then- Wait, wait, wait. Let me pause you. Y'all made a U-turn back home, but your brother still forgot his ID? I know.
1: <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> oh, okay. I know what We made a U-turn because he left his lanyard on his neck. So he was like, oh, shoot. In case like anyone wants to use his car, he wanted to give <laughs> the keys to them. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. My brother went with us and he forgot his uh, wallet. So he ended up not even being able to help us drive. Which <laughs> okay. is okay. so funny because my little sister kept teasing him like, where's your useless brother? <laughs> <laughs> and he kept going like, dang, like I feel useless because I can't help <laughs>
0: do right. anything. And Ping, and the funny thing was Ping was on that trip, right? So I think after she came back too, she, she even said to me, she was like, Sonny, you could have just joined (laughs) (laughs) because my sister's birthday and drive and you wouldn't drive. And I was like, oh, I guess.
1: (laughs) Yeah, honestly, though, like the three, me, Ping, and our other friend who helped, (laughs) it was very manageable. Like each of us, we probably like minimum, we probably did three hours and Max was probably like, I don't know, maybe six hours or so. So it was very manageable. And for for a lot of the trip, um, we just use like cruise function. Except for the parts where the roads are really windy. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny that he forgot his wallet, though. We were worried because we we're like, bro, are you going to be able to get back home? Yeah. And they were flying back. And then he was like, oh, yeah, I brought my passport. <laughs> and we're like, you brought your passport, but not your ID. Or, <laughs>
0: yeah. So the trip there was, it felt kind of like a dream, right? Mm-hmm. Like you were kind of having like maybe you were having this out of body experience the whole time. So when you landed there... I think they were just staying there for like three days, right? Or two days max. Mm-hmm. Was there more tears during those times?
1: Yeah. So the whole road trip, I think I was like trying to suppress my feelings a lot and my emotions a lot. I don't know why I felt like I couldn't express my anxiety and my sadness to to the group. I think I just wanted everything to go smoothly. I think I wanted to like appear strong and okay since the move is like literally my life decision that I made for myself and so I felt like I don't know in some ways I kind of felt like yo you did this to yourself so just stick it through and keep going and see where things go so I don't know it was just like a lot of anxiety and stuff but then um I think it finally like all of that really was catching up to me and so the, the morning we left our midway stop because we slept overnight in Montana, I actually was like crying myself in the car, crying to myself in the car and hoping that like nobody could hear me <laughs> in the car, which was fine because it was really dark. And I think we were so tired. So everyone was kind of sleeping except for Payne, who was driving. And then um, once we did get here, I was like, I don't know. I think it it was all too overwhelming because getting into my apartment, it was cool. I was like, oh, finally, it starts to like it slowly starts to set in. And so in some ways, like my anxiety is lessened. But at the same time, I still feel very like sad and emotional because of everything going on, too. And so when we went to go eat our first meal, when we got here, me and Peng had gone to use the bathroom. And I was like, let me just tell her. And so I told her, I was like, Ping, honestly, I'm not okay. I'm like, I'm really like emotional right now. And she was like, oh my gosh, it's okay. We can talk about it later when Chimo's not here. <laughs> and I was like, "That's kind of funny because I was like, okay, yeah, I guess. And so, cause Chimo, my brother, he left one day before Ping and David did. Yeah. I don't know. I just like tried to keep a positive energy because I know they kind of wanted to explore the city. And since it was all of their first time in Seattle, I
0: would kind of wanted to like show them like place and stuff like that too. So yeah. So how did um how did you cope with all that? Like all those tears and emotions and you you kind of just mentioned that like it took maybe like the day a day or day two before they were going to leave where like Mm -hmm. you finally express everything to them, which I feel like our friends are very intuitive. So they Mm -hmm. might have known throughout the whole drive. But Mm -hmm. yeah, how did it feel like telling them and then like the aftermath of like them leaving and you having to like, again, re-cope with your feelings that Mm -hmm. you've been holding in for so long?
1: Honestly, it was really like the biggest way that helped me cope was just talking it out with people. Because I think especially in leading up to basically before I reached out to Ping when, when we were at the restaurant, all of that time, even before we left, I was just holding in a lot of emotions and holding in a lot of honestly, like guilt about moving and a lot of like apprehension about like, is this the right move? And um, kind of feeling like, you know, again, like it's. Everything that I was feeling is my fault because because I chose this for myself. And so once I started talking to people, like, it, it just helped me be able to, like, let it all out. And um, after my brother had left, me, Ping and David, we went, I think, yeah, we went, like, to hang out with our other friend who lives in Seattle. And then we went shopping and then we came back. And I just remember, like, coming back to the apartment and feeling so empty and, like, so sad because... I opened the door and it didn't even feel like home and so I just remember like and I think like what was triggering that was because Chimo wasn't there anymore and Chimo was like my last family member to for me to see and so knowing that he was gone and he was like so great during the whole trip oh my god I'm getting emotional thinking about it again He was so great during the whole trip moving here and like he was really supportive and just like when we were exploring the cities, like he was just very enthusiastic and like very happy to be mm-hmm. there. And so I was kind of like it brought my energy up as well, just knowing that he was attentive to all of those things. And then the morning before he left, he did go like explore my area by himself. And like he came back with some of like my favorite snacks and like tall uh, uh, or like uh, I think like Filipinos call it a table. A what? Um one of those like buckets you use for the shower. Oh, okay. Yeah. He like even bought me one of those things. And so, like, just knowing that he was leaving and me and Chimo, we've always had a very um close relationship because we're close in age and we're both like the middle in our family and stuff. And so it was really hard seeing him go and dropping him off. Um, and so after that, like I just felt that's that was like another phase of everything. Hitting me and sitting in. And so when we came back home that night, like, I don't know, I couldn't even eat dinner. And like, Ping and David kept telling me, like, my tea, like, you need to eat and stuff like that. And then, um, yeah, after they were done eating dinner, we just, they just like gave me space to talk and like release emotions, which was really, really helpful. Like, I just bawled my eyes out to them and they just like comforted me and like we just talked about stuff. So it felt nice because even though I feel like that was our first time where we sat down and we were able to just rest because before that we were just like on the road and we're just kind of traveling and stuff. So that was nice. And then um, once they left, I was again, very, very sad. And like the first person I called was my mom and my mom, like when she first picked up the phone, she was kind of just like ranting to me about like random things. And then eventually I like just broke down to her and I was crying and I was like, mom, I miss you guys so much. And like, I'm so sad. And like, I'm so lonely here. And she, she was just laughing at me because she's just like, "Mm, so do you still want to stay there? (laughs) And I was like, girl, I don't know. (laughs) So I continued to like call my family and like reach out to them for support. And you were also one of the people who I reached out to because I knew that like you had gone through a similar experience Mm -hmm. when you were in Japan. And I know like when you studied abroad in Japan, you had mentioned how homesick you were and so I was like thinking about you and like thinking about other people who have gone through similar experiences. And I'm just like, damn, how the hell do they cope with homesickness? Because I'm feeling it so bad. Like literally I felt so empty and like, I felt like there was a huge void inside of me that will only be filled if I came back home. Mm-hmm. And I was like starting to calculate all my credits, starting to calculate when my lease ends and everything so that I could come back home as soon as possible. But you know, obviously like the call with you was super, super helpful because you gave me a lot of good like tips and just honestly just comfort knowing that like you felt a lot of similar things that I felt too. Can you like, yeah, share a little bit more about that? Because obviously your experience was different since you were traveling internationally too. So it's not Mm -hmm. like, because for me, I'm, I'm, it's nice because I'm coming home for the holidays in December, for example. And so it's like a cheaper flight, it's easier access and everything like that. But for you being in Japan, if you had the resources you could have, but you know, it's just not as realistic too.
0: Yeah. I think, um, you made a lot of like valid points. Right. Like I mean, I, I had the money to fly back, but then it was also like the difference is that like I was only there for six months. Mm-hmm. You're there for almost a year. I mean two years if you really want to, you know. But yeah, I think it was a hard time for me to fly too. When I when I was leaving to Japan, I didn't cry the ride there. Um or I didn't cry leaving home, but I cried the moment I landed at the airport, all the way until I landed in Japan. So my, and I cried because my mom was crying when I got to the airport and she was kind of like, she was giving me like tough love, right? It wasn't like words of comfort. It was more words of like, Kind of like what you were saying to yourself. She was saying like, you chose this life. You go and live it. And I was like, damn, okay. You know, so, but I knew it came from like a place of love, right? So, um, but it's still, it, it like, it made me sad because it just made me like think that, yeah, I did choose this life. You know, like, yeah, yeah I chose to like live far away. But, you know, I I think I during that time too i was in a state like a mindset and like an emotional state where i was like i need to go anyways That mm-hmm. like i can no longer stay here because um it's not going to be beneficial for my growth so i mm-hmm. had to go so similar to you in 2019 i had a in 2017 so when i landed and well like the ride to japan was just crazy i don't know i was trying to save money so i had booked. i didn't book a, a round trip i i had booked one a flight to la and then from la to japan so that did save me a little bit of money and it's funny i got that tip from an uber driver (laughs) he was like uh i do not know why i took the uber but then um he you know he's just having small talk and i was like yeah you know i'm i'm gonna go to japan pretty soon and I don't really know like what how is the cheapest flight and he I guess he used to sell flight tickets or something Oh. or he was like a travel guide or whatever so he was like oh you know what you should book it like this and I was like okay (laughs) so then I checked (laughs) it and uh, yeah it was cheaper so that's why I booked it um would I recommend that I don't think I would recommend it (laughs) though like because you know if your flights are late then it messes up your next flight so it's not a great plan but luckily everything figure yourself out but yeah i was i was crying a lot in the flight to japan and there was this one part where um the flight from la to japan i kept crying the whole ride and um I kind of had a window seat, and like because I kept crying so much, I kept knocking out. So like I would knock out, wake up, and cry more, and knock out again. Mm-hmm. And then uh, this guy next to me, and he just looks so uncomfortable. You know the seats are tight too. Yeah. so He was just like very uncomfortable, and I'm sure he was like this girl is crying so much, <laughs> like and it's like a, I think it's like a good eight, maybe ten hour flight. So we, I think he was just kind of over it and. You know, I knew, I knew he was over it. I know I was over it. Even the flight attendant who was serving us food. <laughs> she looked. Girl, I, I think I missed one meal. I kept crying they, and then uh... when I knocked out. Because I remember one there's the moment where I knocked out and I woke back up and he just got done eating and I like the lady <laughs> with his food was so quick because I think she was like nah I'm not gonna feed her okay. she's like she don't get no food today yeah so I missed one meal which was okay because like you like you know like I had yeah. no appetite yeah I was like okay if I missed this meal uh but in it, which it's is- not like it's gonna fuel you anyway <laughs> right so um, I decided to watch a movie, right? One of those free movies to like not cry, and I really wanted to watch this movie, um, anyways. And it was called Among the Gods, too. And I think it was the wrong movie to choose. <laughs> Isn't that like a really sad movie? Yeah, this was really... I I, I haven't watched the first one, but this one is sad. It's, it was about a mom, like a deaf mom. And um like her sons like having... like It's two brothers and they like... One brother dies and the other one goes to hell uh-huh. or something like that. And then he has to like survive. um And like he has passed like the seven gates of hell or something like that. Mm-hmm. um And it's so sad. And I was... Like, it just made me cry even more. And I was just <laughs> like, this was the wrong way to choose because <laughs> I thought I was not going to cry. And here I am crying. Um, but yeah, similar to you, the first person, when I landed in Japan, the first person I called was my mom.
1: Wait, wait, but wait. Because my- you mentioned that, like, you didn't start crying until your mom was
0: crying to you. Yeah. What what about her crying made you cry? I think, um, I don't know if you touched on this already, but maybe you did. I think it was, like, it was that feeling of, like, guilt you know like I think it was the words that she was saying to me that Mm. made me like start to feel like really guilty of like my move you know because I was like I started to like really believe that like oh yeah like I am selfish even though yes I know I'm selfish already right but then like uh to hear it and like to have it be reinforced I think Mm. it made me like really sad because it made me just wonder and I question like why did I have to go to Japan? I'm not even studying theater for real over mm-hmm. there. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm not going to any theaters over mm-hmm. there. It's just like, again, another lecture. I can do it here. Yeah. So what was the purpose of Japan, you know? And I guess it just made me like question a lot. Yeah, I don't know. And I just, and I think that like, that was the initial like part of the tears. And then like throughout the whole journey of going to Japan, like I, uh, the funny thing is I kept thinking about like my parents in their immigration story. <laughs> yes. And like, it's weird to say this because like I don't really say this but when the plane left LA and I looked down I was like oh my god like that's my country Mm -hmm. and I thought about my parents and I thought about like is this how they felt when they left like Laos right or Thailand Mm -hmm. when they had to leave and I, I think that made me cry even more Because mm-hmm. I was like This is the first time I'm realizing that like I am an American And mm-hmm. I like I don't like saying like I own America right But like right. I have a piece of the pie Right or something like that So Yeah Like a part of your identities here too Yeah So yeah. I, I think that's what it was Like just like leaving in Not like I don't know It just felt surreal Like when yeah. I left Minnesota I didn't really care I've left mm-hmm. Minnesota before mm-hmm. But I think it was like Leaving the country Made me feel like at loss Yeah yeah,
1: that's interesting because for me even though I'm still in the country, I think about that like so much. Like obviously you and I we think about it a lot anyways cuz <laughs> you and I were very like a lot of the work that we do is rooted in our ancestry and like the diaspora and stuff like that. But then um I think like with this move especially especially cuz it's like something for my life. I think a lot about like the privilege that I have in terms of being able to make this decision because as hard as it was, it's also like I was able to make this choice but then for our family like our parents it's not a decision that they can just take lightly it, it's right. literally them like trying to uproot their family and move their whole family because of war because of the impacts of war and so for them it wasn't as much of a choice as for us like for you to go study abroad or for me to go study in another state and stuff like that but yeah So I think it's interesting because even though like you and I, our experiences and our locations were different,
0: it still kind of hits you. Because yeah. you
1: think about that
0: stuff. Yeah. And I, I think what you're bringing up is so like a really good point. Because that's that's one thing my mom kept saying was mm. like, why would you go to a different country when people from other countries want to come here? Mm, you know? That's interesting. Yeah, And I think she was trying to like check my privilege and make me realize that like, you know, like if America is quote unquote the greatest country in the world, then why leave that country, right? And I, I don't think like me leaving the U.S. was like because I didn't appreciate America or I wasn't yeah. seen as the greatest country right I think that was a hard concept for her to understand yeah and like maybe your parents your mom also had that hard concept too because like one thing I feel like my parents always say is like "Go go watch you know like yeah you doing something do it for real like be serious but like for us with education I guess sometimes they're like you're not doctor, what are you doing yeah what is what is communication right right so and it's funny because like you know because you think because they usually just think like you go to college you become a doctor right but then Mm -hmm. they don't know that there's grad school and there's Mm -hmm. PhDs and then um when I was telling my mom that you were getting your PhD she was like what is she doing and I was like leadership I don't know <laughs> I was like how and I was I was like me said well oh, like ba ba, you know <laughs> not you like, oh <laughs> don't put that pressure on me please and so if, if you're like not a Hmong person I, I was saying like she wants to be like a general of like an army <laughs> or like I don't know something like that so no that's really funny yeah. okay well
1: I'm getting my bachelor's not PhD but um no because my my grandma, I don't know. It was kind of interesting because I didn't tell a lot of my elders, especially like the elders who um aren't connected with me on like Facebook and stuff like that. They don't really know. And so when I was already on the road, my mom's mom was over at our house and I was like FaceTiming her and my granny was like, what? She's moving? Like, why is she moving for, for school? Like, there's so many schools here. It's unnecessary. And I was like, oh, my God, here we go again. And then my mom was like, she's going to go be <laughs> which translates to, she's going to learn how to be, like, a, a leader, yeah, oh, a politician. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just staring at the screen, like, all right, whatever whatever <laughs> is going to work for y'all in that situation. Because <laughs> then my granny was like,
0: oh, okay. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> now you really gotta go be a politician or something <laughs> yeah that's, that's that's kind of like what like you know what I had to explain to my parents I was doing theater I was like it's like uh but like, <laughs> like I was telling them that like it's like for the movies but I'm not the actress I'm the writer for the actress yeah and I, I feel like they were still like um you get a free scholarship and you are doing that <laughs> okay (laughs) but then to to your like
1: for in response to like what your mom said though I think that like a lot of a lot of that is coming from their like survival mode and like Mm -hmm. because when you think about it like our parents they didn't they again they don't have the privilege to make these decisions selfishly they always had to make decisions for other people or accounting for other people which that doesn't mean that like for us our decisions didn't account other people it just was in a definitely a different way because what did your mom say again oh like do something you got to do it with purpose you gotta yeah and do like, it for real yeah do it for around. real and like with the whole country part too because yeah because even for my dad my dad was like when my dad was comforting me he was also lecturing me at the same time because he's mm-hmm. just like yeah it's okay like just go and work hard but when you work hard just make sure that it's all worth it and it's all like which means like uh, what does that
0: translate to like I would say like worth your time
1: yeah worth your effort yeah because he's like make sure you go and like 请要个, um, 只要个, 只要 which means like uh, make sure it's like purposeful and worth leaving your whole family and like your life here mm-hmm. and so I don't know it's just interesting because it's like every every decision that they have to make it's merely for the ability to survive and live with for themselves and for their family and so mm-hmm. yeah
0: I think our phone call when you left it it was met with like a lot of tears like Mm -hmm. uh, I also cried a lot I thought about uh, me in Japan and I think one thing that I said to you was like the feeling of leaving your family behind or just leaving people you love right um like sometimes it feels like your heart is ripped out mm-hmm. <laughs> and like it's like there's just this like, big hole and you're yeah. like oh, what do I do with it and I think another thing that like maybe the reason why you and I like I mean not say that it's totally unique to us right and I think mm-hmm. like other other folks who've like had this type of transition um feel it too but like I think it was even harder for me was that you know like being a child of divorced parents like I've only seen people or I've only left people because mm-hmm. because the relationship went bad, right? Yes. Like there was mm-hmm. no no way of fixing it. So mm-hmm. it was the first time in my life leaving mm-hmm. when the relationship was good. Yeah. So I didn't know how to like cope with that feeling. And I think that's where a lot of the guilt came from. Yeah. It's like if it's not bad, or it's kinda like if it's not broken, why fix it? Right. right. And that's kind of how I was <clears> feeling too. Mm-hmm.
1: No, I felt the same thing cuz I was like like what I was saying earlier. I kept thinking about how other people handled these kind of situations cuz I was thinking um I've always been on the end where people are leaving me in the sense where like my sister left to South Korea for 2 years to teach abroad and not that I felt resentment towards her. I was like definitely super happy and excited for her but in in those years that she left it was kind of like a a ripple effect of like all my older siblings leaving out the house and then all of that responsibility laid on me my senior year of high school to take care of my younger siblings not not only that but like with my dad um, and the divorce and stuff like that and so I'm always or like even when my mom would just leave for vacation, I'm always like excited for her and stuff, but then I would be the one at home missing her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's always like, dang, I've never been on the other end of things where I'm the one leaving for a long period of time and everyone else is at home. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, that was definitely interesting for me. Cause then I got worried. Cause I was like, I hope that like people at home aren't resenting me, or aren't feeling like I abandoned them right that's on hashtag abandonment issues
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. I, I agree with that I think that's one thing I wrote on my like IG post was like I felt like I was leaving my whole friends and family and like granted it was only six months right not that long but I did feel like I felt like there was a part of like everyone growing that was not gonna like I was no longer going to be part of that story mm-hmm. for six months. Mm-hmm. And it made me feel really bad. Even though, like, I don't know. Now that I think about it, I just think I wanted to be a part of everything. Mm-hmm. um, And didn't want to feel left out. And that's, yeah. where I, that's where I was, like, feeling like even more sad. I don't know. When I came back, I didn't even care,
1: mm-hmm. like, what was
0: happening anymore. Because yeah. it was, like... Like everyone changed and I also changed you know we're all at like yeah. a different mindsets and places mm-hmm. which I think was for the better anyways yeah
1: yeah how how was it adjusting back from like um because I know there's been times when you kind of talked about how like Japan kind of felt like a dream to you yeah so how was it transitioning back home
0: yeah I think um the transition back home was like it was a little rough you know um it was just like such a different lifestyle in Japan and like for me I just felt like really safe in Japan right I was able to like walk in the streets at like 2 a.m with my friends and not worry uh, and I was able to like solo travel and all this stuff right but I feel like in the U.S. like we have to be very wary of those type of things uh we also have to be like very wary of just like I don't know, just as as women and like women of colors, we just have to be very cautious, you know, wherever we go. I'm Not saying that like shit like that don't happen in Japan too. Like I definitely like saw like racist people and stuff over there too, but I think it's like so minimal or like pushed away from like the broader society that it was is it like. It wasn't as prominent as we would be, like we would see, you know, like I rarely saw like um, houseless people in Japan, you know. And when I did encounter, like encountered them, like I remember my friends and I we were taking a photo. Like It was like one of those like photo stands. I had like the cutout face and we we're taking it at the train station and there was like this houseless lady in the back and I think she was setting up her her bed and I didn't really pay much attention to her because I wasn't you know like I was taking a photo I wasn't really thinking of her and then when I had snapped the photo she got really upset and she like ran up to us and she started like cursing us out and I was just like whoa what the heck like I've never encountered this before in my life you know but I think that that made me like realize that like oh like it's not just like I say it's a dream and stuff right but I think like at the end of the day like yeah it's a dream to me but it's like somebody's reality you know I don't know that just like brought me like back to life and like realized that I shouldn't really like idolize a country just because Mm. I like am I'm only there for six months but
1: yeah was it difficult adjusting back in terms of like retapping into those relationships and even when you were abroad kind of like how did you keep in touch with people um or did you keep in touch with people and like how did you yeah basically like what was the relationship maintenance like
0: oh with people i had made relationships with in japan
1: um for both when you were in japan with the people here and then when Mm -hmm. you came back with the people in japan that you
0: met um, to be honest, with the people here, I didn't really, I didn't really like, I mean, with my, my friend group, I didn't really talk to them as much. Mm-hmm. I remember talking to you as much, to be honest. I think the one friend I talked to once who played a terrible joke on me was the <laughs> friend who helped you move. <laughs> I remember that. Because <laughs> um, she looks like Michelle Yeoh. Is yeah. That? <laughs> yeah. And I, I was like, I think it was like a month in and I was still very sad like I spent one whole month in Japan and she sent me the photo and I was like oh my god where are you coming she's like I'm coming to Japan da, da, da. and I was like it just didn't make sense because her her workplace is literally called US Bank so I don't yeah. know why they were come to Japan but uh-huh. she was <laughs> telling me that they were coming to Japan and I was like oh my god like we should come like we should visit China da, da, da. and then when she like finally told me it was a lie I was like you know what I'm glad I left you <laughs> in America <laughs> oh that's
1: now, okay. now that I think back about it because um uh, me and her I think I was the one who sent her that picture or yeah. like yo daughter this looks like you <laughs> and so like in hindsight looking back yeah that's a pretty bully fucking move to do but <laughs> yeah dang especially when like someone's in a very vulnerable state like that. <laughs> But, yeah, no, I don't think we, you and I talked very much. I do remember like, because I feel like for you and me, we were, I mean, again, going back to the friendship timeline with us. I felt like we were friends already, but we definitely weren't as close as when you had come back. I felt like when you came back,, uh, we became like so much more close. Like I feel like it's like really weird, huh I know. I feel <laughs> like we were already like cool and stuff, but once you came back, like we hung out together almost like every day.
0: Mm-hmm. I was like really clingy.
1: <laughs> I think I was like so deprived of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. So I only remember like exchanging a few messages with you and like checking in with you a few times,
0: but mm-hmm. not that much. So yeah, yeah. I think the person I checked in the most when I was in Japan was uh, one of our good friend Matt because mm-hmm. the semester before he was in Japan. So I was checking on him a lot and he was like he was also saying like oh like you should meet my friend so and so like I'll set up a time for y'all to meet you know so like I gotta meet like his college friends and it was fun meeting them um and my sister I think those are like oh and my mom as in like the three constant people I was checking in a lot uh and I really wanted to cultivate I did actually I didn't want to cultivate relationships in Japan but then Mm -hmm. when I knew that like oh it's not going to be that fun if I don't make friends here so that's when I started to make friends um and that's when I started to like really get comfortable in Japan it was like making friends and just finding like my group and then when I left uh, and came back to America like I definitely was like oh yeah like we're not gonna be talking anymore we're not gonna hang out but then like I actually still talk to them you know and I think that was like the thing that surprised me the most was oh like these aren't just I don't know like sounds weird, but I was like, oh, they're also human. Like <laughs> they mm. also have feelings, you know, Like sometimes I have this like tendency to like want to detach myself so much that mm. like I remove so much of the emotions and yeah. I just think about it like very logically. But I think that's why it was so hard for me to like transitioning back because I just remember like crying because like I I stayed in Japan for six months because I wanted to experience the New Year, um but my study abroad had ended on Christmas, so I think for like the extra two weeks. Um, I was just kind of bouncing around different Airbnbs and different parts of Japan by myself. And the first two days, I was just like a mess. I was crying and I was calling Matt. And I I I also told him the same thing. I was like, I feel like my heart is ripped out and everything. Like, I just don't know how to like deal with it. When you were still in Japan? Yeah, when I was still in Japan. uh Um, Because, you know, like I had left the city that yeah. I studied in and I went to like Tokyo right so really really sad um but then he was just like You're, you'll get through it like when you come back you have me and everything so it was nice to like have that support system too and have yeah. someone who like who went through the same thing and like yeah I think similar to you like everything I was saying Matt understood it and yeah he was able to like word out my feelings so perfectly that it made me feel like okay I'm not going crazy like mm-hmm. this is normal because yeah, yeah, you've yeah. experienced it I think
1: that's so important though, because for me moving here, I didn't know, and I'm not like, I don't have any family or close friends here. And I only know like two people from high school who also live in Washington. And then, um, we also have someone who we, a friend from college that had just moved out here a year before me too. And so, um, me and that friend like we're we're cool and like we hung out in college and stuff a few times but I'm definitely like not that close with her but she's been so helpful in this transition and just like being welcoming and like inviting she actually like invited me to her and her friends friends giving recently too and so like just having someone like that to support or like be I know for you like Matt wasn't in the area but he was able to still connect you with people and like mm-hmm. you know give you tips and everything and so it definitely gives you a sense of comfort to just know like oh okay so everything's gonna be okay
0: I'm like you're gonna be okay yeah and I, I love that. I think, um you know, and like we titled this episode like living our best life. Yeah. And um maybe you're not there yet, but maybe you are already living your best life. But yeah, for me, I say Japan was living my best life because I feel like the first time I was like, living for myself right Mm. or like really living with like nobody knowing me right or Mm -hmm. like being able to create like this new persona which I never did it was like I don't know very tempted to but like (laughs) never fully creating anything right it's like being very authentic to yourself yeah so I want to know like are you living your best life right now or are you getting there like what's what's happening
1: yeah I think like sometimes I don't know what living my best life means I think like for me that phrase almost comes and goes sometimes in terms of like sometimes I feel like I'm at my best and and then it can go away but then come back depending on what's happening so to be honest like my life here in Seattle so far has I don't feel quite like that yet I don't quite feel like totally fully connected with myself I feel like times when I feel like that is when I feel like I have my shit together too and when I'm able to have a little more freedom and like when I feel more secure and stuff And right now I'm still unemployed. And I think that's a huge aspect of it because it stresses me out when, like, I have to worry so much about financing and um, just stuff like that. But I think that once I start meeting more people here, making more friends, once I, like, get a job and feel more financially secure and, like, I'm able to kind of release myself and put myself out there more mm-hmm. um I will be able to feel more at ease with those things because I feel like right now there's still a lot that I'm holding back especially because of finances and like stuff like that so I think I'm like getting there like even now I still get homesick sometimes and like um I still like cry and get sad but I definitely feel better compared to when I first moved here
0: I think that's gonna transition me to like I kind of like final questions of the podcast is like so you were saying how you're like literally the minute you move there you're calculating that when you're gonna leave Mm -hmm. Uh, but now that it's been two months and you've kind of like know how to combat your homesickness like are you still planning to leave early or are you now like finally gonna give I don't know like Seattle a chance and stay longer
1: no I think I actually yeah I think I do want to stay longer originally Mm -hmm. like even before moving even though I felt like apprehensive about my move I was like I still feel like I'm gonna stay longer than a year because I just don't feel like I'll get the full experience and then when that week I did Move, I was like, okay, fuck it. I'm, I'm coming back home. But then, after some time, and honestly, like, it took me like two weeks to kind of come back to like, I don't know, come back. And I was like, okay, actually I can't see myself here longer than a year because I don't know. I feel like time goes by so fast. It's, I'm now like entering my third month into living here. And like, especially because I don't feel like I'm uh, fully putting myself out there yet. I already, I I do feel like I want to stay here a little longer to keep exploring and to keep trying new things because even though it's only been two months, at the same time, it's already been two months. And there's yeah. still so much that I want to learn and explore about myself. And I like thought about like, oh, maybe I want to because I don't actually live in Seattle. I live south of Seattle in a different city. Mm-hmm. And so I've been thinking like, oh, maybe I want to like move up closer to Seattle because there's a lot more happening in Seattle, too. So we'll see where things go. What That's about exciting? Yeah. What about for you, though? Because I know like you've thought about grad school and like you've talked about moving out on your own, even if it's not out of state and stuff like that kind of wears your head with your uh, with either grad school, moving out of state or moving out on your own?
0: I think I definitely do want to move out on my own, but I think I run to two complications, right? Which I think you and Peng have been really great at like solving them, which is like moving out on my own is like, and if it's not for education, it's going to run to like a lot of like, are you going for a boyfriend? Like, yeah. or like, what are you leaving for? You know, like, why would you abandon us? You know, so yeah. I think the move, I feel like I kind of have to make is moving for education. Mm-hmm. Which would be like more justified Which I feel like your move is like Even though like some elders may like not understand it They justify it because they're like Oh, it's for school, she's coming yeah, back, right? For sure, yeah But uh, when you're moving on your own They're like, oh, she's not coming back Yeah <laughs> Or like yeah. Or they Sometimes they might feel like spiteful, right? And they're like yeah. uh, She's not going to survive a year she's going to come back running, you know, so, but I do think I want to move on my own, I think, I think it's something everybody's so experienced, and I yeah. feel like, because I experienced it for four years in college, like, uh, you kind of miss that freedom when you're, when you're with your family, right, like, there's, there's just certain things that, like, you, you can't do, right, mm-hmm. or, like, because at, at home, even, though, like, no matter how, like, progressive your family is like you still carry on like very traditional Mm -hmm. um expectations right of among daughters it just feels like oh like i can't really can't go out you know Mm -hmm. like can't drink and stuff so yeah i think i want to move uh i don't know when but hopefully like within the like next two years or Mm -hmm. three years you know and um Initially, you know, I wanted to go like teaching abroad teach abroad, like mm-hmm. teaching Japan or teaching Korea, but the job I'm making now like it pays more mm. than me being in. A different countries, so it, it's sometimes it makes me question, like, oh, like, why do I want to go over there now? You know, mm-hmm. like, if I just want to go to that country to like have have, have fun and go vacation, then I should just go have fun and go on vacation over there mm-hmm. instead of like actually working over there, right? I don't know, so I like I question it too. And yeah, I do think of a grad school, but the process of grad school seems very scary. I don't know, it's like people just make it sound very complicated, which yeah. is, this could be another nice, like podcast <laughs> episode for us, but yeah grad school sounds terrifying to apply to regular college Mm -hmm. sound much easier but for grad school it sounds like I I really have to prove myself
1: it's definitely different yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, a lot more work and reflection I would say but honestly it's for me that experience was very 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 helpful in terms of self-awareness but and even like living by like for I, as sad as I get and like, as lonely, like the thing that I struggle with the most here is feeling lonely and feeling alone, which mm-hmm. is super interesting because I think about this a lot. Like, why do I feel so alone? And why do I feel so lonely? Because I'm already so used to being independent. I'm so used to it. like Like, I've been single for a lot of my adulthood too. And so it's just like, I'm so used to being alone and stuff like that, but I'm not used to being by myself which is really interesting because there's that thing where like, you'd rather be alone and feel lonely by yourself than be with other people and feel lonely. But then mm-hmm. at the same time, it's just like, it's nice to have that physical connection with other people because you feel that comfort and stuff like that. So like, as hard as that has been to navigate, I'm also like reflecting and like giving myself credit because I'm just like, damn, this move was a really big step in my life. And like, even though I don't feel like I'm living my best life right now, I am definitely manifesting great things coming my way, and I definitely still feel like really proud of myself and glad that I made this move because I think that, yeah, I think it's just like been a good experience for me. And so I would say like for anyone who is thinking about it or who wants to, like, you know, it it takes a lot of thinking. and it's freaking scary as hell. and it's like it's it's a huge investment. In terms of like your relationships, money, everything like that. But if it's something that you are really interested in, like take some serious thought and consideration into making it happen. Cause even though like it's hard, it there's a lot of good outcomes that come out of it too. Yeah, definitely.
0: Those are such great tips. I will use it too. <laughs> just yes. not the listeners. Yeah. But yeah. Thanks for having this conversation with me, Mancy. Of course. It was really nice to catch up and just hear from you again
1: no thank you for being there and for like talking through with me about this stuff because again it was super helpful talking to you when I was going through it and even now that like I'm two months into it um it's nice to like catch up with you and revisit these things because I think that like we talked about like other things that we didn't know about too so it's always nice to hear
0: thank you for listening to today's episode If you have any questions or want to tell us your story, you can shoot us an email at teambeyondfriends at gmail.com. If you like our podcast, please share it with your friends and give us a rating. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Team Beyond Friends. Until next time.